passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. AJ's been wanting to get his hands on Nakamura this entire Nakamura with the champion in his sights. Anderson! Anderson just took a bullet for Styles. Carl Anderson just sacrificed himself to prevent his friend AJ Styles from receiving a Kinshasa. Stop this! Another Kinshasa knee strike from Shinsuke Nakamura right in front of AJ Styles. That old mob mentality, you don't hurt the target, you hurt those closest to the target. Hi everybody and welcome to Rewind a Smackdown, the show that you didn't know you almost weren't going to get. I am John Pollock, along with Wei Ting, who has gone through Mother Nature, uh, through many problems tonight to get through SmackDown, and it just sounds like chaos in Scarborough tonight, Way, What has happened? And first of all, we're very happy that you're here with us tonight. Oh, yeah. Let's not get people too too worried, okay, or too concerned. Uh so basically, I'm, I'm, you know, going through my typical routine. It's Tuesday night. I'm watching SmackDown, and uh, I watch basically 75% of the show all the way up until 9.30. And thank goodness I caught up with my PVR all the way up until 9.30, because the, at the strike of 9.30, my power goes out. Oh, dear. Um, And I'm trying to want, think if, like, this has happened before on, like, a, one of our show days. Um, it's, I guess it's rare. But I'm sure maybe it's happened before. Anyway. It happened one time with your... I remember a time when your power went out, I feel. Right. And I feel like maybe my internet went out. Like not. No, not that's what ago. I'm thinking of when the, your internet wasn't plugged in. <laughs> oh, yeah. That wasn't that all, all that long ago. Well, I caused that. That was my fuck up. But I can guarantee you that tonight was not my fuck up because uh, I was without power at 930. Uh, pretty much the Shelton Benjamin, Randy Orton match. And huh. um, I called into the to the um, uh, power company, and it turns out that a car had run into a pole somewhere, Ugh. knocked out the power lines. Uh, hopefully that person is okay. I I know nothing about it, but uh, I was without power, and John and I were, you know, John, you you you're totally understanding. You said that you were going to cover two hundred five, and I thank you for that. So I was all set to just, you know. Do do this show via Skype or phone, really, um, at like probably 1030 when you were finished 205. And then at 1030, my power comes back. It's a miracle. Yeah. 
So I guess they had fixed everything like within the hour. Um, and so I continue watching SmackDown. Uh, John's just like, yeah, just like take 20 minutes and just watch the show. So I'm finished. I'm trying to finish the watching the show. Uh, I make it basically all the way up until maybe about two minutes left. So I did finish SmackDown pretty much. And then my power goes out again. <laughs> and so, like, I guess I'm just back to, like, where I am. And this whole time, like, you know, it's like my, my parents, too. Like, we're, we're all just kind of like, we have to have flashlights around. Oh, uh, God. It's just like, it's just, it's just a hassle. Uh, so then at uh, whatever, I finish the show. I'm ready to do the show via phone. Um, we have trust me, folks. Just be glad that that was not what we had to resort to. It was not going to sound tremendous. We just had a bunch of issues. I tried doing it via Skype on my cell phone with my uh, shitty uh, uh, 3G signal. That didn't really work out. Um, and then, you know, we're we're pretty much like out of options until, uh, I guess like it was like Bobby Roode, like a spotlight just came down on Way's house and. Oh, dude. everything just with seconds to go saved us. Yeah. But I mean, it really delayed us. So like right now we're sitting at maybe like 1140. Uh, and I thank you for your patience, Sean. Let's hope that my power doesn't go out again. You know, typically on these Tuesday nights, we usually start around 1130 anyway, don't we? I'm trying to think. Well, what, I mean, time, what time did 205 Live end? I guess with the Mixed Match Challenge, I guess that is true. Yeah. Yeah. With the Mixed Match Challenge. That's what I'm thinking of. Because typically we just make it 1130 so we're really starting like eight minutes later than usual so it's it really wasn't any kind of a, a hang-up i'm glad that you got to at least see smackdown because 205 live i can go through in about 10 minutes uh, yeah, not so, even somebody doesn't want me to watch 205 live and and i guess uh this was really a that. sign it was a total sign uh to uh, make i mean if you don't believe in coincidences this was quite the uh the pronouncement from you know Things outside of your power. We've had quite the bit of feedback ever since uh, last week when we uh, announced that we were considering dropping is 205 it, Live from our coverage. Is, it, is there not a hashtag on our board of Save 205 Live? There kind of is. So, <laughs> And it's not designed for the show. It's designed for our reviews to I be know. saved. So you're going to get a review tonight, at least one half of one. And Way will give me real-time reaction to what happened on 205 Live. Mm. So we'll go through you that. You should do it in two minutes and five seconds. Oh, maybe I'll I'll time it and see how I can uh, get all my shit in in yeah. a quick match. And you shouldn't react to anything I do, just to give it the true 205 live experience. Well, I missed the last two minutes of SmackDown as well, so I mean, I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even lying. Way the last two minutes were awesome. Really? I'm not. I'm not shit. being sarcastic. Well, I don't. So. I don't know what Nakamura did to Gallows. Like that was. Or sorry, sorry. The uh, uh, Anderson. That that was where I left what, off. What was the last thing you saw? I saw Nakamura threaten. Or Anderson stepped in in front of, uh, uh, what is it, AJ, and I guess took the Kinshasa. Did you see that? I did see that, and then I, yeah, that's what I saw, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want to play it up too much. I mean, uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, I thought we could also quickly at the end run through the card for, for, for Friday. Yep. We have uh, discussed that show a lot, but I think we should actually talk about uh, the actual show that is going down uh, on Friday. If I've got power, uh, I can talk oh, yeah. forever. Everything is a TBA. Uh, one uh, update I wanted to make because uh, there was a report out earlier in the day about Paul Heyman not going to the greatest Royal Rumble show on Friday. Uh, it turns out he it sounds like the crew was mainly leaving today. He's leaving later in the week. So he is uh, it looks like he is going to be at that show on uh, Friday. And we uh, made that adjustment in our update today. So 
that is uh, the update on that front. Anything else going on, uh, Way? Just uh, before we we dive into wrestling, I want to I want to keep up with uh, your world as well. How was your Tuesday? Oh, uh, it was good. I spent a lot of time writing uh, postcards for uh, some of our patrons. And uh, is your is your hand hurting? Because yeah. mine was after writing like thirty five of them. Dude, I haven't written like by I, I was, my much. penmanship has gone to shit, dude. No, oh my I god, don't, I don't write true. anything. I write the uh, the occasional check. It's like all I write. Everything I is typed. Oh, your your handwriting is is beautiful. Uh, I don't know. Like, your handwriting is like what uh, on the postcards? Yeah. No, okay, I mean well. I mean in general. Like you have you have actually like I'm trying to think. Your your handwriting is like um uh it's like a a wonderfully uh uh wrestled Zack Saber Jr. uh <laughs> match. It's just great, very technical, very clear. Um, well, yeah. well, at, that was kind of what it used to be, but now I feel it's gone through some napalm death because it's, I don't know, it would, some of those postcards, folks, that you're going to get in the mail. You, you can be the judge when you get them, but personalized messages for all of you folks uh, that are part of uh, the ice cap tier. Yeah. You can look forward to that. So that's what I did a, today. Well, that's, hey, it. There was a reason I didn't have a news update on Monday because my whole day was writing those mm. cards. Oh, I, I'm only I, a third of the way, but I, I felt it was a. Uh, I was okay with that. I was like, "This is this is part of the. Uh, this is part of our commitment to all of our people." So I had no problem uh, foregoing a daily news update on Monday in lieu of all these postcards, which literally took me most of the day to write. I'm gonna spend like three days on these. By the time I'm how, how many did you get done today, dude? I only I spent like four hours and I've only went through eleven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's jeez. Like, like I, I'm not kidding. When I I started the night before, and I only got through like four or five, and then I plowed through thirty of them on Monday, and wow. it was the entire day. It's it's not even for me. It's not even so much like because what I do, I know my handwriting is awful, so I'll actually type them out first just to like get my like know I, what I want to say, and then I'm essentially like writing down what I typed. Oh it's wow! That, so you're doing like double the messages, but but it's that that amount of work, like the writing that's taken so long. I I can't I imagine the world only functioning by handwriting anymore. I feel like we we'd all be so much slower. I know, but that's how I got through high school and university was writing notes like longhand. Although I did try the uh, Apple Pencil on the new iPad. Uh huh. I think you really like this thing. It's really how cool. does how does that work? Oh, it's just it, it's basically a stylus, but like a oh, really okay. high quality stylus. So I mean, sometimes I see you, John. Like you, you're you, you uh, unfortunately can't bring your laptop to some of these shows. This this Apple Pencil might. Oh, should I look into this? That. Yeah, but I don't think it works. I, I need to find a better method for taking shows uh, notes at some of these shows because it's just. Uh, it's, uh, well, I mean, a notepad worse. works just as well, really. And I don't like typing notes on my on my phone with like my thumbs and stuff. I just uh, it's annoying. Mm, yeah. Uh, uh, voice. We should just record a show at the show. We could. Like the show should well. just be us, like leaving little five second messages. Good match. That was good. Drop kick. You know. You know what our next uh, goal is going to be on Patreon. It's going to be. John Pollock's personal stenographer. I want someone to just follow me and is going to write what I dictate to them. And then that's going to go up on the site. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I can just, I can just like, you know, I can just like freestyle it. And 
the person can just take my notes as I'm talking yeah. to them. I can do some play-by-play. I can editorialize a little. I think there'd Absolutely. be some people that would take you up on that. The you, post-wrestling stenographer. Maybe we'll do a reality show way. You get to sit with John Pollock for every single show that he watches. Uh, so basically, that it's a 70-hour-a-week job. What a, what a treat that would be. Oh, boy, yes. And you get the type. You know, I'd be very accommodating too. I'd you know, I'd buy you a drink. I'd make sure you're you're fed, drive you. I'd do my part too. You would? Wow. No, I, I probably wouldn't drive anyone. Uh, you have to check out this um this series on Netflix called An American Dream. It's a four part series on Donald Trump, and it's fascinating. And there th- is a yeah, I've seen th- that yeah, or I've seen you, I've seen it on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. It's amazing. There's so much footage of this guy. It's most of it is before he got into politics. So it's all looking at Donald Trump coming up through the 80s and the 90s. And it's fascinating. Some of the stuff they have. There's my favorite scene. And I knew of this story beforehand, but it was when Donald Trump was going through his first divorce. And one of the uh, gossip columnists called up uh, the Trump organization for a comment so they said, oh, well, someone will have to get back to you. So this columnist gets a call from a person claiming to be the, the new head of PR at the Trump organization. And I think the name was like Fred Miller or something like that. And they're playing the tape of this on the documentary. And it's so clearly Donald Trump. And he's telling the person about how popular Donald is. So many celebrities want to date him. Madonna wanted to go out with him. And... The woman's asking, I've never heard of you, sir. Yeah, yeah, I'm new. I'm the new head of PR. And it's like, this is crazy. It's just crazy to see all of these firsthand accounts of these people that have been around Donald Trump and just how, like, the narcissistic element. I mean, I feel that that kind of label is thrown around so willy-nilly towards people, but it really is like this perfect summation of this man. Let me ask you this right now. Um, who who do you think would... Um, I, I'm just preparing for the for those out there. I'm just... Just have at me okay. at my mentions All right. this, uh, this as is, we discuss this. This, is, this. I don't this will care. be a ridiculous question, yes. Who would you rather basically lead your country? Okay. Donald Trump or Vince McMahon? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, who is less crazy? I'd probably move. I, I, I'm not even kidding. Um, All right, you don't have to answer that. No, no, no. I I feel I feel like I should answer this because what a what a horrible scenario life would be if those were the two options. <laughs> um, well, it's worse in some countries. I bet it's not. It wouldn't even be an option somewhere. Is it Vince McMahon today, or is it Vince McMahon like a certain era of Vince McMahon? Oh no way. Did we lose way? Hello, way. Are you back? Uh, sorry, my Wi-Fi. Hello. My Wi-Fi cut out. One two one two one two one two. Can you hear me? One two one two one two. Hello, hello. What a cliffhanger. Uh, my Wi-Fi cut out. I I oh. have no idea. I I'm taking that as a as a as a bit of a sign from uh, 
from somebody Don't. telling us to, to speed this review along. I'm not I'm not uh, editing this part out. I think that that was sure. a perfect little cliffhanger there. Yeah. Uh, my question to you was, what is this present day Vince McMahon or is this like a specific era present, of Vince McMahon? Present day Vince. Like I, I might, I might actually lean Vince McMahon over Donald Trump. I mean, I don't think that's. I think a lot of people might. I don't think that's. Like such I'm a trying crazy to think thing. of like who would be more diplomatic when it comes to foreign policy. Uh, I mean, who, who is less erratic? I think there's uh-huh. no question that Vince McMahon is significantly less erratic today. Significantly, I, mean, I, I feel that way too. So, are you so okay? What about Vince in his crazy prime, like the Bob Costas interview? Oh Vince. God. Vince McMahon, because I think that it's it's a push at that point. Mm. Because I think it's it's I think it's the same person. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Well, um, Hor- horrible options. Yeah. Just horrible options. Um. Well, let's move on. Uh, we have we have angered at least half the people listening to this. Sorry. I'm sure. So ah, I'm I'm fine with it. It's okay, folks. We uh we have opinions and we share them sometimes. And now we are going to share many of them about Tuesday night's episode of SmackDown, which was brought to my attention after I made such a fuss about the Dunkin' Donut Center. Tonight, we were at the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. The uh, KFC Yum Center. Yum. Yeah. Yep. This, is the, this, this one does trump the Dunkin' Donut Center in terms of Jim Ross calling the major world title change at this arena. Sure. Yeah, I could say so. I, I, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. But uh, history has been made at the KFC Yum Center. He's got that special recipe that has resulted. <laughs> no, um, no, that would be funny. That would be really funny. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, KFC is like actually really popular in China. Like it, 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 it outnumbers McDonald's in terms of popularity. How do you feel about them really distancing themselves from their past? It's no longer, it's just KFC. I mean, I think they should be really, uh, they've really abandoned their roots of well, Kentucky, of chicken, and of the fried variety. Kentucky fried chicken is a bit of a mouthful, but I mean, um, I guess. Well, so so's the meal. The urban, yeah, but the urban legend is, is that uh, perhaps they're no longer using chicken. Oh, boy. I haven't had kfc in years what years and years and years oh, man. i can't remember i can't remember the last time i did i've i've told this story oh, you're, you're food- a popeye's guy no i do- i don't uh even recall the last time i've even had you know what the last time i had chicken somewhere was that place we went to in new orleans that one night where we were starving john john the place is a, where john uh, is a very healthy eater for people who, who don't understand like john will rarely mm. touch uh i guess do you drink soda even I have the occasional soda. You'll have a ginger Which, ale from time to time. Um, but but you, sometimes you, a root beer. A root beer can be nice. But you never go to fast food. Like he begrudgingly goes to McDonald's. Like it, only if if it's the only option around. Oh, um, okay. We, we me and Way went to a McDonald's in New Orleans, and it was the first time I had gone to a McDonald's in year in years. Again, was it was like two or three in the morning, and we were so hungry. And McDonald's was the only option that night. Uh, that might have been after spring break. Yes. Yes, exactly. I think we were so hungry, and there was no way we were doing a show without some kind of food. And that was literally the only option. That that had to have been four in the morning. Yeah, we ate McDonald's as we watched uh, 
NXT takeover. Oh my god, that, that's that right, that's right. And uh, oh, so it would have been after Ring of Honor, so it wouldn't have been that late. We were so miserable actually that day. Yeah, it was after ROH. We were just really miserable because like we were tired. The lineup for this McDonald's drive-through took forever. We were in there like twenty, at least twenty minutes. Yeah, and we also found out like uh, the NXT guys weren't doing a show that 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 evening, so. I totally understood why Jim Cornette flipped out. If I had waited that long and they hadn't made our food because they thought it was a joke, I mean, I don't think uh, I don't think uh, yeah. I could picture Way going full Jim Cornette, but maybe at least a five on the scale. Yeah, if it was Wendy's, maybe I don't know. Um, anyway, okay, we're really kind of uh, you know tempting the our luck here with this uh, Wi-Fi situation. People don't get enough of this. I think sometimes we just uh, we we forget that. People don't care about the wrestling way. They care about you. No, okay. Well, okay. Well, let's get into the show then. That's that's fine. Yeah. We're going to segue in here. Uh, from the home of Jim Cornette in Louisville, Kentucky. How about that? Very nice. Home of KFC, home of Jim Cornette. Everything connects to everything. Uh, show started off with a board in memory of Bruno San Martino. And then Miz TV was set to kick off the show. The Miz comes out. And notes that the Intercontinental title is the most coveted title in the WWE because of him. And he's going to win it back this coming Friday. His guest tonight holds a grudge from Talking Smack, Talking Smack, which he noted was canceled after he left for Raw. And then he talks about having a child last month. And when he looked at his child, all of his anger for Daniel Bryan disappeared. And he wished that Bryan, too, would have had that same realization when he had his child. But guesses that his child doesn't have the same bond as he does with his daughter. Oh, so dirty. <laughs> Fucking dagger. So dirty. But I mean, I think at the level that is perfectly acceptable within the bounds of, of a pro wrestling angle, you know, not like so crass and no, not so like uh, just unforgivable for like a wrestling show to do. I thought it was like, at like a good level where I'm like, ooh, that's like, that's pretty bad. But it's not that bad that I'm that upset about it. Could you imagine 20 years from now, Monroe, Sky, and Birdie are in developmental? There was together? a sign in the crowd. Did you see that? No. Somebody held up uh, like a three-part sign that read Birdie, Bella versus Monroe, Sky. <laughs> That's funny. They're, this could be a, a lifelong buildup. Yeah. Although why, like, would, why, why, why would they assume that her name would be Birdie Bella? And not Bertie Brian, Birdie. I guess. From Bert, <laughs> Bertie Brian. Yeah. Uh, maybe. They'd probably change her name, too. Distance herself from her dad. Give her some crazy name. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, Miz goes over all the similarities they have. They have reality shows. They're both masterful in-ring technicians. And the difference is that he knew how to change when he became a father. And says Brian is free to come out and punch him in the face if that's what he desires. But instead, Big Cass came out in a suit with new music. And this would not be the theme song that everyone was talking about after this show. That I don't was introduced. even remember how this theme song went. Well, tomorrow, go to your nearest department store and get onto an elevator. And I'm sure that it will be playing. This was extremely generic. And... Cass comes out and he tells Miz he's the guest now. Miz can interview him because no one cares about Daniel Bryan. Cass says that while everyone was focused on Bryan, he had an ACL injury for seven months 
that he was working 24-7 on to return. And the day he was cleared was the same day Daniel Bryan was cleared, and the fans only cared about Daniel Bryan. Probably because no one had any idea that this guy was cleared a month ago. Oh, I knew. Like, I, I read that story that, that day. Like, I remember it so clearly, because, like, yeah, Brian had suddenly been cleared. The world was celebrating. Like, we, as a wrestling community, we were, like, popping champagne. It was like a party on the streets. Daniel Bryan's back. And then that evening, Cass is cleared. <laughs> <laughs> the news came out. But I don't think it was very widespread. Of course th- not, because who but I mean, the shit? Like, here's but the- I mean, like, you, it wasn't even mentioned on the show or anything. Well, of I mean- course not. But I mean, like, he, he, but this this reason, this logic for cast to turn heel, I think is perfectly sound. Like, That's it's fine. because nobody talked about him coming back. Because <laughs> the world was celebrating this guy. And then Cass is like, hey, everybody, I'm back too. And the, the party's just like, great, awesome. Yeah, Brian. Brian's back. I can't believe all these dream matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I really love the logic. Do you regret not congratulating him when he was walking by in the uh, the press box at WrestleMania? Pro- I think in the same suit, by the way. I, I did not see him. Oh, he like just walked right by us. Uh, hmm. He was just you know hanging out up there. Could have told him. Congrats, by the way. He says he's been living in the shadow of that ordinary little man, and. Him and Miz argue, goes over his accolades, and Cass says that he has just hobbled around on a bum knee, and they tease fighting. Cass says that Brian should be taking his trash out, and says that the fans, their dreams are unattainable. You are a bunch of Joe Schmoes. And then he gave us the Cass origin story. He was once a small and weak little man. Until he turned 16 years old. And then he grew. And he grew. And he grew. And he grew. Until he was seven feet tall. And a sizable amount of the crowd all yelled. And you can't teach that. Which I laughed at. And then. Once he was 16 and was big. What did he do? He went back and beat the shit out of every bully. That ever bothered him. And Brian reminds Cass of himself when he was a little guy. And I despise him. <laughs> he hates himself for being small. Mm-hmm. What a tortured soul this guy is. I know. And then says he didn't have to work bingo halls, the indie scene, Japan, or Europe. Because he's tall, educated, and good looking. And that makes him a star. And he's money. Brian is never going to cast a shadow over him or anyone else. I guess because he's short and he walks off. This, uh, to me, added to my theory of Drew McIntyre and Cass, who are kind of, this was more like the longer version of kind of a similar theme to Drew McIntyre. Hmm. Okay. Well, mm, I thought Cass did it way better here, though, than what, I mean, I thought Drew sounded good, but Drew McIntyre didn't have half the depth uh, a backstory that Cass no, this, prepared. I mean, he had like 10 minutes here. This was yeah. a significant um, platform for Big Cass uh, to the point that, I, I mean, I think most assume that him and The Miz are going to link up, but The Miz was definitely just kind of background here for Cass 
going over his whole motivation for this turn. Well, I mean, this is the first program, but I think Miz is is just there to kind of keep you reminding, uh, uh, you know, he's he's the ultimate program, but this is the first stage villain. Uh, Big Cass is here. I thought Cass did great. I mean, last week I felt uh, his pairing with Brian was a, was a little unexpected, but in this one promo, he gave a perfectly believable explanation about why somebody like him would hate somebody like Daniel Bryan. Um, the stuff about him being cleared on the same day as Bryan, I think, is brilliant because it was true. And then all the backstory of him, you know, not having to work bingo halls or, uh, you know, receiving preferential treatment because he is tall and hating his former self uh, because he was small like Brian. I mean, I think all that is written uh, wonderfully. It's written as a direct antithesis of what makes uh, the Brian character so relatable. So, I mean, I, I really like it. It feels... It almost feels like he's he's playing more of his um I've seen some of his like Colin Cassidy stuff before he was big cast. And I guess like this kind of heel character feels a bit more like that, wearing the suits and whatnot. It almost feels like now that he's starting from scratch on the roster. He's just like completely dropped all the big cast stuff. Uh but I find him far more interesting right now than simply the guy who's just seven feet tall. Now he's the guy who's seven feet tall and also incredibly envious and tortured. Uh, from his past as being a small, short guy. So I guess they've they've literally written out his history of being attached to a small individual for all those those years. Yeah. So that never happened. Nope. Oh, by the he, way, Enzo deleted his Instagram, or at least he deleted all his pictures, and he tweeted out like, I don't shoes. even know if anybody cares. Yeah, but like, yeah, a pair of a pair of Jordans on like um electrical like lines um i guess to signal his uh retirement of some sort do you retire from instagram or do you just quit uh nobody ever really uh quits instagram i don't think i wonder if that if that would ever be a thing someone announcing their retirement from twitter like someone prominent that has used the the medium to its extreme like a Oh yeah, that happens all the time. People like you, pronounce that they're they're leaving Facebook all the time. Yeah, but you could have like a ceremony for somebody, and you go over like their oh. their high points. Their but with Enzo, I took it to mean like uh, more like a, just a retirement of of whatever wrestling ventures he had. Oh, I don't think he had any on yeah, the table. Exactly, that's probably why. Then we go backstage, and Daniel Bryan has been laid out. And he's being checked on by Adam Pierce. Oscar and Becky Lynch are there because they're in the next match, and he's holding his left shoulder in pain. So he had been taken out, and it took everyone a long time to find this poor guy because he's so small. The I the I Iconics came out, and these two are just great. Mm-hmm. I I want a segment of these two chatting and talking in the ring together every single week. I think they're so awesome. They are bragging about how hot they are as they watch themselves on the big screen. Peyton Royce then did a Becky Lynch impersonation, looking for her lucky charms after she got Billy Kay to close her eyes. Then they talked about nosy Nancy, Asuka, and they fact-checked the term the Empress of Tomorrow because in WWE math, Charlotte beat Asuka, and then they led to Charlotte's loss to Carmella so therefore, they are better than Asuka. Which Billy adds, it's science. It's all factual. And she is the empress of yesterday. 
and then Becky interrupted. Tremendous love, segment. Yeah. These two are just uh, unbelievable chemistry together. They're, they're great. I, they're so obnoxious, but it's the type of obnoxiousness that is very entertaining to watch. Uh, the use of MMA math as a heel tactic, I think, is brilliant. Um, he, he, these two felt like any like uh, any dork on like sure dog trying to prove one guy is better than another. Uh, but to use it as heel logic, I think it's perfect. So the Iconics took on Asuka and Becky Lynch. They were double teaming and attacking the arm of Becky. Eventually, eventually the tag was made to Asuka, who came in, ran wild on both. She went for the standing ankle lock and ended up with uh, Billy getting involved. Becky then kicked the arm off and the ankle lock was applied. But then Asuka spooked Billy, who took a bump and just rolled to the floor. Becky bumps into Asuka, knocking her off the apron. And then Becky knocks Billy off the apron. Royce sends her into the post and then rolls up Becky while using the bottom rope for leverage. And Peyton Royce pins Becky Lynch at 4.13. The roll-up, the, the schoolboy took place like with Peyton inside the ring and Becky on the apron. And I've never really seen somebody schoolboy somebody from the apron into the ring via the bottom rope. So I thought that, that actually looked pretty cool. It's science. It's MMA math, yes. I, I think they're booking the uh, Iconics very strong. I really like them as personalities. Uh, but however, I think it needs to be stated that at least like the past two matches over the past weeks are certainly to me a level below the standard that I think they've been trying to set with the women's division. Um, like I would say like their wrestling style feels a lot more like sort of your matches of your divas era. Um, but in terms of charisma, they're incredibly strong together. Renee was outside of Shane McMahon's office and a very happy AJ Styles walked out. He's been given a six-man tag match tonight against Nakamura and Rusev Day, and his partners will be too sweet. There was a video for Andrade Cien Almas with some sit-down clips with Almas and Zelina Vega. He's got nobody at his level, and he is coming soon. Which, given the quick turnaround going from the Greatest Royal Rumble to Backlash, I would prefer that they take their time with this guy so he's not just lost in the shuffle just to try and get FaceTime on SmackDown. You don't have to race to get this guy onto television and it's there's nothing meaningful. So I'm glad that they're going to let his debut keep him off for like a month and do some vignettes first so that he can come in at a more uh, a more impactful time. Absolutely. I think it goes for, for them and it also goes for his sanity. Uh, these are This month is really just kind of a crowded month. You know, you have the you have a show that's trying to establish a lot of people that are coming over from Raw. Um, and I think somebody like Almas and Vega, that's a main event act. They can make a direct transition from the main event of NXT to the main event of SmackDown. But they have to do that seriously and they have to be careful with how they place them. So I'm I'm very happy as well if they keep them, keep them off until Backlash or afterwards. The Usos were in the locker room and Naomi walked in. Jimmy wants her to promise that she won't come out tonight. Because he's got a singles match with Eric Rowan. She's not going to promise or apologize for what she did last week getting involved. She loves Jimmy. And she looked right into the eyes of the Bludgeon Brothers. And she saw nothing. Absolutely nothing. And she has a bad feeling about this tonight. And they ended up hugging and having the world's cutest couple handshake I have ever seen. Where their fingers kiss. It, it really is adorable. I mean, I, I think these two, 
I've said it before. These two are my favorite couple on Total Divas. You said this is the couple you'd most want to hang out with. 100% at Universal Studios. Yes. I was about to enter that contest. Jimmy Uso is so incredibly likable and charismatic on that show. Over the past year and a half or so, he's become a very charismatic person on SmackDown as well. But I would say charismatic in a much different way, in a more kind of like a thugged up, more like intimidating, you know, mean mugging type of way. But this I, is the embodiment of if you want to know what Braden Harrington is, he's Jimmy Uso. Oh, 100%. Yes, absolutely. He needs to find his own Naomi. Uh, I, I'm wa- not, uh, what? He, he's young. He's got goals. He's got time. Yes. But, you know, a scene like this, uh, I think, is is kind of done to showcase maybe that friendlier, more like, you know, best friend type of side of Jimmy Uso that you see on Total Divas. Uh, so I, I like it. I think it's great for, for him. And I think it's great for Naomi. That it, it adds depth to both of their characters. Corey Graves had some great lines on this show. And one of them was right after the segment stating that the final scene of the two, like hugging together said that reminded him of the scene with Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler in Armageddon. Great line. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Rem- yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Where yes. Ben Affleck goes off to, yeah. well, and he dies dies everyone he died 20 Netflix years ago didn't die dude didn't he die no he goes up in the space doesn't he in this movie do you, should i ruin armageddon for people who haven't seen yes it? ruin it because i don't remember the ending dude, then. i thought places ben, with ben ben uh what's fuck bruce willis trade trade places with him oh and bruce, bruce willis, willis dies. is dead everybody oh, again okay in a different movie oh man you just ruined the movie for so many people yes i did yes all right well anyway that's unfortunate. Uh, now I got that Aerosmith song in my head because of this stupid conversation about Armageddon. Eric Rowan took on Jimmy Uso. Rowan landed a drop kick at the start, and then Jimmy went for the suicide dive but got caught, and then Jimmy shoved him into the post. There was a top rope cross body to Rowan for a two count. Uh, they were just going super fast here. And then Rowan's in control when Naomi's music plays. And Naomi comes out, and she's doing her full entrance. She's dancing. Luke Harper and Eric Rowan are in a trance. And then from this long shot, Jay hits this jumping kick to the head of Harper. And Jimmy rolls up Rowan, pinning him in 251. Dare I say way. The greatest musical distraction ever. The, the most logical one that has ever happened. Like there is one entrance that could legitimately catch you just staring and watching. And it's Naomi's. I had no problem with this. I had no problem oh, yeah. with the mu- the musical distraction. This is the one time I think it was it was it worked well, and I didn't even mind them beating Eric Rowan here and the Bludgeon Brothers. It was like the fluke win. No. You're doing the title rematch on Friday. Um, I thought this worked. Well, at this point, the Usos needed something, right? You I think, needed to give them something going yeah. into this match. Like, I mean, for for the months and months, uh, you know, of of, of the Bludgeon Brothers beating up the Usos. Uh, we were wondering, you know, what is that secret weapon that the Usos are going to have to come up with in order to even the odds to to match the Bludgeon Brothers? And the they they found the Bludgeon Brothers' lone weakness, and that's neon. They obviously <laughs> can't stand neon. They only wear these muted, like rustic colors. They've never seen pastels. They've never seen bright indigo, glowing like you know. Uh, green, pink. I I doubt they've ever even been to a rave in their life. 
So, um, Naomi, uh, Jimmy Uso, brilliant planning. Uh, I imagine like you'll see like a field of glow sticks perhaps uh, in their match. Glow stick match, I think we'll end up seeing. Well, we know the stipulation for Friday is that Naomi is banned. They should, they should really just ban like the entrance and neon, I think. No Naomi for the Bludgeon Brothers to worry about on Friday, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah, so anyway, she is banned, you're right. Yeah, I was not even joking. <laughs> I was waiting for you to connect yeah. the dots there. I, I, I can't believe that, I guess. Wow. Uh, so anyway, 251, that match goes. Renee Young presides over the backlash contract signing for Carmella and Charlotte. And Carmella comes out first and complains about the champion being introduced first. It's her kingdom now. She's everyone's champion. This is getting a lot of heat. And she announces she's going to play her highlight reel again that aired last week. So the whole thing plays. And Corey's giving a standing ovation. And Carmella says that reception was not good enough. So she wants to play it again. And they play the, they start to play it. And the camera's on her. And then this time it was interrupted by Charlotte. Um, I thought Carmella was very good here. I, I, loved, I love that. Like, I thought it was an awesome way to get heat by replaying a video. Like, imagine going to a wedding sitting through the couple's wedding video and then somebody saying, let's play it again. <laughs> like you would start booing no matter how much you like the couple. So, uh, what if it, what if it was Jimmy and Naomi? Oh, I, I mean, I don't even know. Depends on, on the, the, the type of video. I'm sure it'd be really good anyway, but this was not a great video. This was it would like, be produced by Naomi's father, the record producer. Oh, he would produce. He does. He make videos. Okay, anyway, I mean, I thought I thought it was kind of risky, actually, you know, putting using your airtime to, like, put something on that could really, like, force people to change the channel. But, I mean, I found it quite effective. I think the only thing that would have made it better is if, like, the second or third time you, like, showed some crowd shots via, like, picture in picture <laughs> of, like, people just, like, groaning. and uh, But maybe they weren't doing that. I don't know. So Charlotte came out. Signed the contract, and then Charlotte just dumped the desk on top of Carmella and left. And that was it. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed the segment a lot. I think, you know, Carmella's very entertaining, and she, her, her, mm, she's probably, like, a lot of people might maybe hate her, but, like, I, I enjoyed her. I think she's so commanding of this audience. Um, Her weakness, obviously, is, you know, her biggest weaknesses are in the ring. But I think the reason why she's in the spot that she is is because... She showcased some, you know, real high quality charisma that makes her stand out from the rest. And I think it's segments like these that allow that talent to shine. So she brings that component into the feud. Charlotte brings the match, uh, or at least the, the in-ring ability. So I think Carmella is doing a good job of like being obnoxious, obnoxious and making people want to see Charlotte beat her. They're outside uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's locker room where Dasha tries to get an interview and Aiden English says, no interviews. Shelton Benjamin's in the ring, getting ready for his match. Jeff Hardy comes out for the match. But then as he's standing in the aisle, Randy Orton comes out, and instead he takes the match with Shelton. So Jeff just sits at ringside. Yeah, don't these guys have, like, contracts or... I don't know. Um, yeah, this... Like, how do they pick matches here? Yeah, this is not how... I mean, it would work in any other kind of combat sport where you're just 
figuring out who's going to be the opponent. It'll be one of these guys, whoever makes it to the ring first. So Jeff just sat there at ringside. What a, what a use of his time tonight at this show. Just sat there. Mm. And we had Randy Orton versus Shelton Benjamin in Louisville in a OVW tribute match. That's right, yes. And they even brought this up. Tom Phillips brought up their history, being mm. together in Ohio Valley Wrestling back in 2000, 2001. And then they were called up in 02. Graves, and, uh, Graves said that uh, Chad Gable derailed some of the momentum that Jinder Mahal had been building up on Raw Monday night. It's like, what momentum? He just lost the title last week, and then he lost again this week. So he has got negative mo. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, he had the title going into Raw, is what he meant. Like he had momentum going into Raw. Oh, he means just the brand Raw, not the episode of Raw. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Who cares? This match. It was really making my head spin of like all the matches here. We've got Jeff Hardy facing Jinder Mahal on Friday. We have Randy, who was supposed to take on Jinder Mahal at Backlash, but lost the title. So now it's Randy Orton against Jeff Hardy at Backlash. And we could very well get a title change on Friday. And all of this changes again. How would that work? Okay, let's well, they, say they, they explained it on this. They explained that Jinder Mahal wanted to win the title and then go back to SmackDown, but he's not allowed to. So if Jinder wins the title, he stays on Raw with that title, and then presumably, what the IC title would then probably change too. But if the Bar win their Raw tag team title match, they go back to Raw. Yes, because it's a Raw tag title. That's this is the stupidest thing. The U.S. and IC titles have no uh, home. They're ambiguous. Yeah. Okay. Benjamin uh, snaps the arm of Randy. They go through a commercial. Benjamin's in control. Orton does his whole comeback, calls for the RKO, but Shelton rolls to the floor, and Orton teases throwing him into Jeff, who just stands up and moves. So instead, Orton dumps Benjamin onto the desk, and then a masked man appears from the audience Chop blocks Jeff on the floor, runs into the ring, and is revealed to be Sunil Singh. And then he hits Sunil with an RKO, but turns around and is hit with the pay dirt, and Shelton Benjamin pins Randy Orton. Mm. There were a lot of programs going on in this one match. Yeah. yeah. And the guy without one won the match. Yeah, I almost needed a flow chart for this. I, I mean, I, I think I'm happy that they're not completely disregarding Shelton. Um, I mean, it, I guess this is no real, not really any indication that he's going to have a program coming out of this, but I, I, I could see that. I, I think it kind of has the makings of a potential three-way between Shelton Norton and Jeff Hardy. Mm. Another okay. Randy Orton three-way for the U.S. title. Well, hey, why sure. did, why did Neil want to attack Orton? He attacked Jeff. Yeah, and then he went into he the ring. Well, I think he was just running away from from Jeff and just ended up in the ring. I thought he he went into the ring to taunt Orton in his mask. Well, I mean, Jinder did have the... He was supposed to be facing Randy, so I mean, maybe there's still some... But he's not some, anymore, so why would Sunil... You know, you know why? He's still pissed about this guy nearly murdering him when he dumped him onto the desk last year. What's a mask going to do? Well, that was to get into the arena, right? Because he had to sneak through the crowd. Okay. I mean, everyone would Whatever. know who Sunil Singh is. 
Yeah. I mean, what was his plan once he got into the ring with Randy? Okay, whatever. Whatever. Anyway, let's move on. The New Day were celebrating the release of their book. We got a whole segment this week after I noticed this in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to read it? Nope. I'm Marcus not. Vanderberg has uh, volunteered. No, he didn't. He said he had it, but he's not going to read it. I wonder how, how did he even get it? Probably fell out of the sky, unfortunately. Uh, they were having a candlelight dinner over Budio's pancakes and the bar walks in. And this is where they explain how the tag titles work. Whatever. Fine. I don't. I, I have very little interest in this tag title match on Friday. Um, what is there? What's the stip? The winners get the tag titles. There's no that's other stip. stip for the match. No, that should be enough, shouldn't it? This is the fi- This sure. is going to crown the tag champions, the vacated tag titles that have been idle since Nicholas. Yeah, that's fine. So, Sheamus grabs a handful of pancakes. That was it. AJ's in the locker room. Anderson and Gallows walk in. They hug. They too sweet. Then there was a sanity promo with the tagline "Chaos Arrives," just we don't know when. Man, Okada's tweet last week was awesome. What did he write? I didn't see it. So like they they played like WWE put out this like same sanity video that like with, states with, "Chaos Arrives." Yeah, yeah, and Okada quote tweets it saying, "Actually, we're in Japan right now." <laughs> that is very funny. Yeah. Renee was outside the trainer's room and. Daniel Bryan comes out with his shoulder iced up. He's going to be good to go on Friday in the Royal Rumble. He was blindsided by a coward, and he doesn't understand how a seven-foot man would attack someone from behind, but Paige has made a match. Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass at Backlash, and he's planning on securing some momentum when he wins the 50-man Rumble, and everyone is the same size when they're on the mat tapping out. Yeah, Bryan loses that one, right? A backlash? I could see him losing. Yeah, I don't think they're going to let Cass lose right away. Or he could... Somehow Miz is involved. Uh, Miz can cause, cause him the, vic- the victory. and you know It's possible. Yeah. Then we had a taped Samoa Joe promo. I'm like losing track of who's on what show already. He is a SmackDown guy, but he's feuding with Roman on Raw. And he appeared on Raw this week. He's also competing for the IC Championship. Oh, my God. He says he's going to leave a trail of broken bodies on Friday. It will be the end of Seth freaking Rollins. So it's already the best promo ever when he went out of his way to include freaking. And he said it'll also be the end of Miz and Finn Balor. It's a mere formality. The IC title is already his. And then he's going to watch Roman Reigns get massacred by Brock Lesnar. And if so, if it so happens that Reigns wins the title, he'll take that too. Believe that. This yep. was like the 48th consecutive great promo from Samoa Joe. Well, for somebody who who's, who has to not only promote his own matches, but somebody else's matches, <laughs> he's been doing a masterful job these past no, couple weeks. He's the real advocate of that main event. He should be hosting the, the Slam Jam updates, like for Scott Stan- Stanford. He should take over. Could, Could you imagine if you got this delivery? selling you on the <laughs> upcoming live event yeah. dates. Kitchener, Ontario. What's <laughs> popping, Canada? <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Because we're going to leave a trail of broken promises when it, the card is subject to change. Okay. That'll be awesome. That would be great. 
Joe has just figured out like a really great delivery for himself. It's controlled. It's not too emotional and it's scary. Um, so man on SmackDown, like two weeks in, he already feels like a top talent, top heel on this show. I, and I never thought he was all that great a speaker for throughout his career. I, I, I thought it was like a really weak element of his game. Like he was always that guy that shouted and it was just like, Oh, it just didn't fit. And but now he's amazing. I, like to me, he's oh, like it's, he's he's it's perfect. He's definitely in the running for like best promo right now. Yeah, yeah, he's been one of the best this year. Main event: AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows taking on Shinsuke Nakamura, Rusev, and Aiden English. English introduces Rusev, and then Shinsuke Nakamura comes out to "Shadows of a Setting Sun" by the group "Shadows of the Sun," which is quite the mouthful. They have changed his music way, and the only reason, the only reason to do this show tonight is to get your analysis of the Shinsuke Nakamura remix, because there was was quite a mixture of opinion. Well, even before, like, uh, my my feed cut out, I was following Twitter for the rest of the show, uh, and I ended up watching this uh, music video in full on uh, their YouTube channel. So if you want to hear the whole song, you can go to the WWE's YouTube channel. I think it's great. Like, by adding lyrics to the song, and Japanese lyrics at that, you automatically kill the sing-along. Like, these are Japanese rap lyrics, you know? You can't kaza ni nare any of this. So, I mean, the thing is, too, like, it doesn't make the song any less cool. It's still cool, but in a different way. That just makes it unsing-alongable. It works for the direction of the character. It's just... So much better for what they're doing. They could have gone the route of like, I don't know, like when Jericho turned healed and they played the saliva track or like when Austin turned healed and he, he got the just like not even the disturbed song, but just the. Yeah. He, yeah. I remember that. And one. it sucked. Like it took away all its personality. Nakamura still has the song that I think is such a strong part of his character, but they just killed the sing along. And I like it. I mean, I think it's so cool that it's in Japanese. Um, I I guess that's nothing new because Jinder's theme is like in a different language as well. Uh, but a- anyway, I like it a lot. I mean, uh, I think it's it's just it seems like a cool song. Yeah, I liked it. I threw up a poll: love or hate. Seventy seven percent loved it. Mm-hmm. Maybe Very. maybe they will start singing along. Yeah, that to me that was like the most common criticism was oh you can't uh, you can't. Sing along with it. I'm they like, took yeah, everything. That's the exact out. point. Yeah, they they took out the the intro melody. They took out like any aspect that they thought fans could latch onto. And the, and and uh, Graves explained it. Nakamura changed his music because he didn't want the audience to ruin his song. You know, I I thought it totally worked. All right. Uh, so the match, they went through a commercial break. Styles took a machka kick, and the heels got the heat on him for a long time. There was an avalanche to Aiden English, pump handle slam, splash, then Rusev saved. He dove and just slapped him in the face to break up this pinfall. Gallows then kicked English off the apron, and Nakamura, from behind, kicks out the knee of Gallows and hit a Kinshasa to the back of the head that looked great, and he pinned Gallows. Styles then jumps Nakamura after the match. Styles is throwing strikes. Nakamura ducks. Low blow delivered. And then Nakamura sets up for the Kinshasa. And just before he can hit it to AJ, Carl Anderson dives in and he takes a bullet. 
yeah. for the for the club. Yes. And Ita Kinshasa protecting AJ, timed very well. And then Nakamura continues to beat on Carl and he sets him up for another Kinshasa. And AJ is so beaten down in the corner and he's struggling on his knees to do the same for Carl, but he's just so beaten down, he can't do it. And Carl takes another Kinshasa. As Corey Graves says, that's the mob mentality. You don't hit the target. You hit those closest to the target. Damn. Oh, man. Cold. Man, they went off the air where we might not have our Colombian drug dealer on Raw, but <laughs> we have our Yakuza head in Shinsuke Nakamura. That's that's kind of what this feels like. and That and was I- the vibe they were going for here. It's like he's going to take out those closest to AJ and mentally break this man man that sounds so cool oh, I'm, I, I'm, I thought I thought the ending was great I thought yeah. the ending was so great on Smackdown I'm I'm all for the idea of Nakamura just winning this title on Friday I don't think he should lose hmm hmm I'm trying to think about that yeah I mean at this point I think he's in the past several weeks he's done such a great job of like making this heel character seem so interesting that I feel like that might be the logical place to go because he's he he's he's stronger right now as a heel. He's more dominant. And he he just like he he's threatening to uh, kill people. Essentially, it's a kind of. Uh, this is also one match where you could get away with a non finish, and because the feud to me is it's by no means peaked yet. I mm-hmm. think that you could keep this one going, uh, but maybe you just want to flip the title and that continues the program as well. I wouldn't want to beat Nakamura. But I could get away with a DQ or something on Friday as well. Because it isn't like the match that is being promoted for Friday's show. It's kind of just it's kind of just in the midst of all this. It's like well, uh, if, your, your hour three main event. I mean, but if Brock is going to retain, which he very well could, then I think uh, Saudi Arabia is, might get this one. Uh, and I wouldn't have an issue with it. Yeah, I just think by the time that show is over, uh, it'll be a distant memory. If you're ending with a... 50-man battle royal. Or maybe... That, yeah. We know that's going to close the show. Yeah. I think uh, I think you have to, sh- to end with that. So that was SmackDown. Um, you know, it was... Uh, I, I think that, you know, the cast promo, I think he did very well there. I'm really enjoying the Iconics, and the high point for me on SmackDown right now is this Nakamura character. I, so those... Those are my positives. Yeah, despite my disjointed feeling of SmackDown, uh, what what I saw of it, like I guess ninety eight percent of it, even without seeing a bit, evidently the best part of it, uh, I've really enjoyed. I mean, I I think it, the show feels fresh. All the programs are new. Um, somebody like a cast is in a good direction. Nakamura's heel character is in a good direction. The iconics are cool. Uh, I even like Carmella, and I even like the stuff with Jimmy Uso and Naomi. So I'm, I'm pretty positive about the the show in general. All right, I will quickly go through 205 Live. It's uh, not going to be too intensive of a show. (laughs) Nigel McGuinness was back after having his child. Uh, Everyone's having babies in this company. You notice that? They're trying to build the the next developmental. Yeah, you've got... Man, what a a talent. Like over the last uh, little bit, you have Brian Danielson, Nigel McGuinness, Dwayne Johnson, and then The Miz. All having children. Trying to start them really young. So the entire show featured the gauntlet match with uh, four matches to crown the number one contender for Cedric Alexander's title uh, on Friday. So it started off with Mustafa Ali and TJP back on the show. 
each trying to outsmart the other at the beginning. And TJP got frustrated and was regrouping on the floor. And then we had the uh, the insert interview with Dasha interviewing Cedric Alexander and asked him about Buddy Murphy making a statement at his expense. And Cedric said he already made the biggest statement by missing weight. Buddy blew it. And his work is cut out for him. But we are in the age of Alexander. Ali is fighting throughout here. And then the turning point comes when TJP drop kicks him off the turnbuckle right into the knee and goes right to the knee bar. Mustafa Ali fights to the bottom rope and he comes back. He hits a tornado DDT, but didn't perfectly hit it. So Nigel explained that he didn't land it properly because the knee is very badly hurt. And then Mustafa Ali climbs up to the top. He hits the 054 at 948. So he wins the match, but in delivering the move, he has totally screwed up the knee. Mm. And then who should come out next? Drew Gulak, to which Nigel just goes, oh, no. Mm. Nigel was great on this show. Like, he really got across the story of the knee because that became the focus here. Um, Drew just beat down the knee, was constantly going for a half crab, and Ali would make it to the ropes time after time. Gulak's mocking him, saying how he loves his high flying and then laughs at his knee injury, saying how dangerous this high flying is for him. Ali slaps him from the turnbuckle and applies his own half crab while he's sitting on the top turnbuckle. Gulak goes to the floor and Ali hits a cross body to the floor, but again, he's hurt his knee. Ali goes for an 054, but gets knocked off the top, landing on the steps, and Gulak pulls him into the ring, uses the Gulak, and he beats Mustafa Ali, which they had done so much uh, damage to the knee. And with your submission ace in Drew Gulak, I think it would have been silly if Ali would have pulled out the win here. So I was glad that you uh, let Gulak win here under these uh, circumstances with the knee injury. Uh, So Gulak advances, and then Tony Nese comes out, finally getting his rematch with Gulak. And Nese just runs wild. He had a Fosbury flop, and it's all Tony Nese on offense. Uh, He's elbowing him. He's yelling at Gulak, thinking, you're not at my level. And Nice then uh, stomps down Gulak and hits the running Nice. He has the match one, but he hates this guy. So he's going to deliver another one. So he pulls down the knee pad and then he runs at Gulak, who gets out of the way and applies to Gulak and submits Tony Nice, who is furious and just yells in anger over blowing this match that he had won to his nemesis, Drew Gulak. And then the final opponent was Kalisto. And Gulak is just killing time on the floor to try and recover, really selling the fact that this is his uh, third consecutive match. And Kalisto does this suicide dive, and Gulak sidesteps it and, like, sends him crashing back first into the barricade. Dasha is backstage with Tony Nese and asks him, how do you rebound from this disappointment? And he just walks off furious. Gulak applies the Gulak, but, but Kalisto is turning his hips and prevents Gulak from getting his hooks in. So they're able to stand up, and then he rolls Gulak into the turnbuckle and then hits him on the rebound with the Salida del Sol and pins Drew Gulak. Uh, Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado came out to celebrate with him, and Cedric Alexander came out to applaud Kalisto. So that's your match on Friday. Uh, Kalisto challenging Cedric Alexander. Um, I really like the story. They had stories for each match that extended to the next one, and I thought Nigel McGuinness was a real strong point here. Crowd 
unfortunately, it's the same deal. Like, mm. they, it was some great storytelling, uh, but I thought Mustafa Ali would have really shined in front of a much more excited audience for what they were doing and him trying to win with this knee injury and overcome it. But uh, this was a pretty fun show of 205 Live, and it had it had a focus to it with the winner getting something uh, with this title shot on Friday. So That's, those are the best. Those are the best two hundred five lives that have a direction to them. Yeah, it sounded good actually. It didn't sound as maybe as kind of a fillerish and directionless as maybe some of the matches on last week. And uh, it sounds to me like that's going to be the challenge of two hundred five live going forward is trying to build purpose using the same group of guys uh, for the for the same programs that you've seen a lot uh, going forward. You know, whether it be things like a tournament. Or maybe this gauntlet match for a title shot at the end. Uh, they're gonna have to try to find ways to keep these matches interesting, and I get it. Sounds like it's extended its life on Re- Rewind to SmackDown at least for another week. It's maybe that's the direction of Two Hundred Five Live. Is every week their job is on the line to get reviewed? Yes. yes. Yeah. So you can't. You can't. It's it's like the Ric Flair storyline. Yeah. One loss and you're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you want to go next? Do you want to go to feedback or do you want to look at this uh, card on Friday? Let's go to the uh, card. Actually, let's let's go over that. Okay, let's just run through the matches. Quick thought sure. on uh, the matches. Undertaker and Rusev. I think this is a pretty easy foregone conclusion. Does this go longer or shorter than five minutes? Oh, how long was this, Cena? It was shorter, right? Cena was shorter. This will be shorter. I think five. so too. Yeah. I think this will top out at five. Well, that, I mean, that's we we see the Taker formula now. It's it's him getting in there, doing all his big spots, and then getting the fuck out. Yep. So they they didn't even waste time, like not even a promo from Rusev to build up this match. Oh Nothing. my god! It's a, like it's not even like every other match has. No, uh, Cena, C- Cena Triple H, H has yeah. been non-existent, but neither's on TV either. To their defense, I sure. I, yeah, you're right, man. Uh, speaking of Cena and Hunter, um, I think Babyface goes over here. Cena wins. Happy birthday. Yeah, I guess he could use the win. Um, but Triple H is popular everywhere worldwide. Oh, that's true. He he does do well on the international yes, he front, does. as Jinder Mahal knows. But uh, I would go Cena. Cedric Alexander and Kalisto. Um, I assume Cedric retains her. Yeah, I think Cedric needs a strong win uh, to establish his title run. Um, and he probably will get it. One match that I think could be a sleeper on this show is the Bludgeon Brothers and the Usos. I think this is going to be a really good match. I think so, too. Uh, but, I mean, they're going to have to figure out how to tell the story now without... I guess the Usos can figure out other ways to distract the Bludgeon Brothers. But, I mean, they've shown that in a one-on-one situation, or even in a tag team situation, the Bludgeon Brothers far outpower the Usos. So unless like the Usos can come up with like really kind of gimmicky ways of distracting the Bludgeon Brothers, uh, which I think they will. So, uh, you know, this this will probably be a more even match. Uh, so I'm kind of curious to see what the Usos uh, have scripted for them, I guess. I think what you're going to get in this match is what the Usos had envisioned at WrestleMania. P- potentially. Yeah, potentially. Or it could just be another squash. I don't think it's going to be a squash. I think you're going to get like 12 minutes. You're going to get near falls. I think it's going to be the big match between these two teams. Uh, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy against Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, I think Bray and Matt win, and I have uh, minimal interest in this. Yeah, I do too. I think it's just a way to get the belt on a strong baby face tag team that you have right now on Raw. 
and uh, the bar. Get, get them onto Dolphin Drew. Um, eventually, yeah. Or the authors, or the revival, or anyone else. Yeah, I'm, yeah. It looks I'm like a strong division. Yeah. Jeff Hardy versus Jinder Mahal, and this one can tie in with the IC title ladder match because do you see? Because I think if one title changes, both have to change on this show. Yes, certainly. Uh, I'm just trying to think what the programs would be coming out of it. Because if Mahal were to hold the U.S. title, which is very possible, uh, he would be. Who's he working with lately? Uh, Chad Gable. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. You could also you could also do a title change here and not do the other one and then flip one of them back at Backlash. Ugh. I, don't even confuse me, John. That's just like I I really do need a, a map. To kind of so 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 you're telling me Mahal could win the U.S. title and then he's going to face Randy Orton at Backlash, where Randy can uh, win the belt back at at Backlash for SmackDown, or the IC title could you could have okay think about this you could have uh, let me think about this like Cap- Jeff Hardy Cap- no, no 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 no, no. okay stuff. Jeff Jeff Hardy wins this match and then Samoa Joe wins the IC title and loses it to Roman at Backlash. And Roman doesn't win the t- the universal title here. I'm already lost, dude. Sorry, I I need a an accountant to keep track of all this stuff. All right, okay. I'm uh, I'm going with uh, Jeff Hardy. I think Jeff wins, and sure, I'll say I'll say Joe wins the IC title. Joe can win the IC, or you, wait, you could no. literally go with any of four of these. Well, if Jeff Hardy wins, then Joe can't win the IC title. Or just you're saying because they'll change it back at because he, he could drop it to to Roman at Backlash. Ugh, gross. I mean, I think Finn Balor could win the IC title and keep it on Raw. Sure. Um, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm going with Nakamura, heel Nakamura. He's super hot at the moment. Yeah, I think you could do that. And I think they're going to have a significantly better match than they did at WrestleMania. Oh, I think the pressure's on them to ha- to like to make up for for my disappointment and my disappointment only. Yeah, I think both men are going to be extremely motivated after you know, I I'm not going to say a lackluster match. Yeah. It just it was well below <laughs> what expectations were, and I think that um yeah, I I think this is going to be great on Friday. Will will AJ wear a cup? You would think so, but thus far, he has not learned from past uh, incidents. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. Uh, I think you could make an argument either way. Absolutely, of course, yeah. And who knows, it could be a last-minute decision. But, I mean, with the knowledge that, I mean, it's not going to be a match that'll end the show, uh, presumably. And also the fact that... It could. They could do that. They could a- yeah. after the rumble, it's possible. I mean, what would you, for in instead of what you think is going to happen? Would you change the title here? I would not. I, I wouldn't either because I again, I mean, I don't know what type of deal they have with Brock. I think much of it depends on that. But listen, Braun, if you're going to have a baby face, it's, it's got to be Braun. It's not Roman right now. Like the title on him will just turn him into a bigger heel when he comes back to America. So. Unless that's what they want, I mean, I don't know, but I would, I would keep the belt on Lesnar, have him beat Roman, maybe through some strange way, uh, and then have Brock lose to Braun at a later date. And the greatest Royal Rumble, give me your pick to win it. I'm going with Braun. Oh yeah, I think it has to be if he's gonna, he's going to be in it. Um, who are some other candidates? Let's uh, uh Dan- let's- Daniel Bryan. Announced. Um, 
like no other real serious contenders. I mean, they just uh, they just officially and I, like these names were all known before. But Mark Henry's been added. The great Collie, Rey Mysterio, Randy so, Orton. So he's not retired. Yeah, Mark Henry's in the match. Okay, all right. Uh, Shane McMahon is in the match. Yeah, Kali, um, Mysterio, Jericho. Um, do you expect any surprises? Sure. I mean, they, they need 50 bodies, so how many of... This is not even like... I'm looking at the list here. They've got 3, 6, 9, 10, 13, 14, 15. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think you'll get some surprises. Oh, they, they've got like like under 25 names here, so there's going to be... I mean, you got to figure pretty much everyone that's wrestling a match on this card, other than The Undertaker and Brock yeah. and Roman are going to be in this thing, so they're going to be doing double duty. Oh, and man, I just can't believe they're doing, like, the indie show gimmick of, like, putting all, like, giving, letting all the guys do double duty just to have, like, your 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 final big match. Yeah. Like, like, Samovar trophy type of stuff, you know? And that's basically what the winner gets, is a trophy. And a pin, if they so choose to, if but they, they've got to, they've got to claim that prize. Yeah, Braun Strowman. Uh, if you're if you're listening, yes, uh, post wrestling enamel pin could be yours. Hey, if he if he uh, if he messages us, I'll go deliver it to him in Montreal next week. Wow. Okay, I'd, I'd be willing to do that. All right, uh, that is the Royal Rumble that is coming up on Friday at noon Eastern with a one hour pre show. By the way. And then uh, any, some any t- matches on the pre-show or is it just the pre-show? They haven't announced any matches on the pre-show. I think pretty much everyone is. They could, though. They could easily. I pray um, that it's skippable. Like, I've got to imagine just they're they're flying everybody over. Like, they canceled house shows for this. So yeah. everyone's going to be there um, that are male. Uh, yeah, let us go. I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's just the, like I'm just being factual here that it's not going to be the entire roster. I know. So, we go to the feedback thread, and tonight's show generated a 7.77. Oh, heavenly. It's a pretty sizable number. Uh, We start with Justin. Why doesn't Jeff Hardy use his singles entrance theme song from 2008 and 9? Because they're not using it. That would be the reason. I don't know if there's Uh, a giant... I'm guessing the Hardy's theme is more recognizable and generates a bit better reaction than... uh... Something from Paroxygen? Paroxygen. Yeah. With a question mark. Uh, We got a Jalen from Pickering. SmackDown was a very meh show, but was still a lot more enjoyable than Raw. I liked Cass's promo and reasoning for attacking Daniel Bryan, but I feel like his promo was too long and had enough info that could have been explained over two to three weeks. I think that's a fair criticism. Um, Well, he had a lot of pent-up aggression and a lot of time to think about what he wanted to say here. And the, the man thought about like probably, yeah, like three, four, like really strong points and decided to cram it all into this. Brandon from Oshawa. This show was excellent. Everything I said about raw on Monday was the complete opposite tonight. The matches didn't feel thrown together. They meant something. I love that. They're still holding off on the Brian Miz confrontation. I love that they are building sanity and almost with video packages. I love Nakamura's new theme. I can keep going on, but right now SmackDown is miles away. The best show. We got a Terry from Colorado. I guess not the dubstep remix you guys were looking for, but at least they changed up the music a little bit for Shinsuke Nakamura. On the positive side, I'm glad they are at least holding off the debut of Sandy and Almas for a few weeks. Seems like Raw could have used the same tactic. I agree. I mean, we didn't even talk about it on Monday, but the authors of Pain, they didn't even mm-hmm. get worked into the show. because mm-hmm. uh, And you would assume they're probably in that rumble on Friday, but I mean... 
sometimes it's it's maybe worth holding off on a team. And the authors are a team you could have maybe waited. Uh, it's to- unfortunate though, because like uh, on the Raw after WrestleMania, everybody's expecting you know some NXT call up, and I think Sanity and Almas like I guess in hindsight kind of had the luxury of coming in during the brand sp- uh, shakeup instead. Um, you know, you've already debuted the authors. They had to have a match, I suppose, an Ember. Yeah, but I, I think that Raw, you had so many that, I mean, just with, you had Lashley, you had, was Drew McIntyre at the, he was on the shakeup, right? He yeah. wasn't on, yeah. yeah. So Ember Moon was was called up. Like, I prefer just less people are introduced and they all are more impactful as a result. Mm-hmm. Because that Raw after WrestleMania, your head was spinning by the end of that show. Yeah, and I mean, like, two weeks in Ember, like, just kind of feels like she's in a rookie role on Raw, whereas I feel like she could have made a a transition to sort of your upper mid-card, if not main event, role on 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 Raw from NXT. But not yet. L- Lara from Vancouver with 205 Live feedback says, 205 Live was an amazing exercise in spending an hour on a single match and really getting no one over. TJP was one and done. Ali kept some of his shine, but was out too early in the match to have gotten anything from it. Gulak's master of submissions gimmick was hurt by being unable to get an already significantly injured Ali to tap out. Tony Nese looked like the biggest geek ever, utterly destroyed Gulak, but then refused to take the win when he had it. And so just like that, Gulak taps him out in seconds. Incredible. Kalisto, the winner and title challenger, came out last, but was booked to barely and luckily survive a badly beaten down Gulak, who was on his third match. Looks weak as hell going into the title match on Friday. Impressive. Oh, wow. Wow, Lara was not a fan of 205 Live. Hmm. Maybe Lara, uh, you should respond every week, and then uh, (laughs) we wouldn't review the show anymore. We got a Joe Carter who says, there's one question that all of us postmark maniacs want an answer to. Will there be a 50-man Royal Rumble pool? No, there will no. not be a pool. You keep it special for once a year. We're not putting yeah. Chris Angler through that. Yeah, we're not doing what they're doing with the Royal Rumble where you're watering down a successful formula. Mm-hmm. Jay from Colorado is the last one here. Nothing much to add to the SmackDown discussion. I'll just say, thank God the A-Show is back. An easy two hours for me. Did either of you see Triple H's response justifying their deal with Saudi Arabia? If you missed it, he basically said... Just because we disagree with their beliefs doesn't mean they're not relevant. I'm really on the fence on the Greatest Royal Rumble, and I can't say his response helped. Uh, yeah, well, uh, any thoughts on uh, Triple H's comments on uh, Tuesday? I mean, he, he stated what I, f- I feel, you know, you, you would expect that the company is going to have a stance on. They, you know, I, I have no doubt that they are, if they had their way... They would be presenting their authentic show, and I'm sure that they want. They're hopeful that throughout the maturation of this deal, that it does evolve, and that they can have female performers on the show. But that's that's not the case at the moment. Not that's the not, case at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's something. I mean, we'll we'll revisit this a year from now and see where it's at. If it's if it's a case where they are actually allowing women to perform a year from now. You can expect that to be something that the WWE will trumpet really hard uh, as another kind of win for for this quote-unquote women's revolution. Um, But at the moment, that's not happening, and I think they deserve that that, the criticism that they are getting. Uh, You know, but you can look at this like, I think they they should be very grateful that they have somebody like a Triple H on staff right now because I think out of all of the McMahons, he kind of has 
the best sense of like uh, maybe uh, developing a genuine voice for the public. Um, and you see, you can hear it in like all the conference calls for NXT. Uh, like just you know, a statement like this. Not to say it was like a perfectly uh, justifiable statement, but I think it's the best that the company or at least any of the McMahons could have done. Like, I don't see Stephanie being able to, like, say something like that uh, without getting a lot more criticism. I don't see even Vince himself saying something like that without gaining more criticism. So uh, they should be grateful that they have somebody like Triple H, who I think, again, master politician, knows how to appear in the public eye to talk about a sensitive topic like this. Yeah, and and I think that it's... It's something that I, I think I, I'm glad it was brought up uh, in an interview that he was because this is something it's not as though this company has gone out of their way to explain their stance on all of this that has actually gone out of their way to say, hey, this is something that is a long term process for us that we are hopeful that we'll be able to work with this government to eventually provide what we feel is our WWE product, which we are which we are giving a a stripped down version of uh, to in order to fulfill this deal. Um, that's, that's what's happening. And I, I listen, I think that there's, there's a place for, for criticism. Like they are, mm-hmm. they are willing participants in this deal. This is not something that they are being forced into that. They are willingly going and being a part of, and it, it, it endorses this. So I think that that's going to be something that comes up and we'll see where the, it's a 10 year deal. Um, we'll see if that evolves, but I think you and I have said like quite a lot of our thoughts on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's going to wind down the show. Uh, we have lots coming up this week, late Wednesday night. We will have a new keep it 2000 with Brian Mann and Nate Milton. They're going to be chatting the July 17th, 2000 episode of Monday nitro. And then on Thursday, we've got a new up next with Braden and Davey chatting about, uh, this week's show. And then Friday, probably late Friday. Uh, Way and I will be back with a review of the greatest Royal Rumble uh, happening at postwrestlingcafe.com. We have two bonus shows this week, uh, that show, and then Sunday we will have Rewind Away chatting Backlash 2000, which you can leave feedback and questions for up at forum.postwrestling.com. It's a very busy week, Way, at Post Wrestling. Yeah, next week's busy too. So yeah, sign on for now and uh, you'll get a ton of bonus shit. Tons of stuff. So that is all. We will chat with you later this week.